0: Hey, bring it in here a second. If you're interested in raising cash for your real estate investments, like a pro, you're going to love this upcoming episode. Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Russell Westcott podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you
0: need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here. So I'm gonna keep the intro tight, really tight. Like honestly, I say this probably every single podcast episode that I I record, but this one I'm truly going to keep this tight. And the reason I'm going to keep it tight is I'm truly in between meetings. I'm in between meetings with my uh, realtor, my lawyers, and then also heading off into a strategy session with um, with mortgage brokers. So gang, you're gonna love this episode. This episode was taken from a live presentation. This episode, uh, you know, we did our best to cut out a few of the dead times and, you know, things like that. It is quite visual in nature at sometimes, but we did our best to edit it down to um, something very meaningful, very relevant for you if you're listening to podcasts. Now, if you're a visual learner, what I would encourage you to do is jump onto my YouTube channel. Um, This episode in this video is not up there yet. It will be shortly. I'm a little, I'm a couple weeks behind with the YouTube video podcast comes first, YouTube Comes after, but you're gonna love this episode. This was an episode where I had a chance to to train um, at a very high um, level driven group of multifamily investors, and this was group is led by Corey Spurley, and Corey is going to be also coming out on this podcast in the next couple of weeks. Um, had an opportunity to share with them some ins and outs and how to raise capital, right? Because we all, you know. We all have obstacles. And one of the biggest obstacles we face in this game of real estate is where do you get the capital to keep moving forward as a real estate investor? So in this episode, what we did, we talked about a lot about how do you raise cash like a pro, right? We talked about investor leads. How do you build your investor avatar? How about your investor avatar checklist? The key 100 strategy. And also, where do you attract the investors? Not where do you find them? How do you attract them? Magnetic strategies to have investors. Investors come to you. Now we went deep into a lot of topics here, and I think it was probably about fifty, about an hour in there, and um, just loved it. I had such a blast. Um, you know, I've been doing presentations like this for better part of twenty years, and I challenge myself. I challenge myself each and every time to do it better. Challenge myself to bring even more energy. I challenge myself to just. You know, I'm a master at my craft. And what I want to do is every time I deliver a presentation, see, here's the intention and the visualization I have in my mind, is people that have come out to listen to this um, presentation, they've maybe had a day that just, you know, it was upside down and topsy-turvy and, you know, the better part of maybe it just sucked, downright sucked. And my intention is when somebody honors the event by coming out to it. I want to bring the goods. I want to absolutely bring the fire. I want to drop knowledge bombs. I want to have that person after they're attended that event to have a different experience than when they first came in. Plus, I also want them to learn a ton on uh, the process because you will remember how you felt after our presentation more than what the person actually presented to you. Now, just with that as a quick side note, and, and yes, I do realize I'm, I'm going on a little bit more and I told you I'd be, keep this quick. Um, in, in an upcoming episode of the podcast, I have a, a world-class communications expert, somebody who trained me, somebody who trained myself on to public speaking, somebody who trained myself a vocal coach as at the same time. And I'm going to share that episode with you as well. Okay, gang, you know what? Um, Let's just get right to it. So you will love this episode. You will come back to it often. You may have heard a few of the themes in a couple of previous episodes, but I teach them each and each time I teach them, they are different and I try to elevate the game each and every time. So you will love this episode and come back often. Okay, gang, let's get after it. Guys, tonight we're gonna have a lot of fun, and I want to set this up correctly, and I want to set this up with with a lot of. I want to have a lot of energy. I want to bring a lot of uh, you know good old fashioned education and good old fashioned information to you tonight. So, in tonight's presentation, I'm about to give you four of the killer building blocks in order how you can raise cash for your building. Let's go! <laughs> All right, gang, so let's welcome back here. So tonight we're going to have an awful lot of fun and we're going to talk about joint ventures. But more importantly than just joint ventures, we're actually going to be talking about raising capital. We're going to talk about how do you fund your real estate business. Now, if you guys are in this business and you're learning from one of the best of the best, Corey Spurley. if you're learning from him, he's teaching you all the ins and the outs and the how-tos and the due diligence. He's teaching, he's one of the best I've seen of teaching multifamily investing. some of you might be just sitting there going, but there's just one thing standing in my way. That one pesky little thing, you know, sometimes it makes you almost want to go, you know, you want to drop an F-bomb or two or something, right? Because it's just bugging you and you're going, where do I get the money? That is what I'm about to share with you guys here tonight. I'm about to share with you tonight the four building blocks of raising capital. i talk about simple easy, easy to implement framework is what we're going to do. And I have two very big lofty promises for you. Promise number one is I'm going to help you build your real estate portfolio without using your money. So first and foremost, if you like to build a real estate portfolio without using your money, put a big heck yeah into the chat box right now. I'll wait. Everybody, heck yeah. Come on, come on. Fire it up. Fire it up. Get them things going. The more energy you guys put into this presentation, the more I'm going to deliver the goods, the more I might actually tell a joke. (laughs) Or two, you just never know. You just never know. So gang, keep putting them in there. So that's promise number one, is I'm going to help you build a real estate portfolio without using your money. And then promise number two is I'm going to show you how you can raise cash like a pro. Cash, it's an acronym, C-A-S-H. Now here's the cool thing, gang. I'm here to tell you if if a guy who's not much more than five foot seven, who doesn't have who has less hair on the top of his head than Homer Simpson, um, that comes from Guernsey, Saskatchewan, like a population of 347 people, that if you you wanted to have somebody to play with, you had to get a dog. I'm telling you, if I can do this, every single one of you can do this. You truly have the tools, you have the resources, you have the education. Honest to goodness, when I got started, there wasn't even the interwebs. Maybe I'm showing a little bit of my age there now, aren't I? Right? So hang on, I might have a, a few odd uh, um, some bad. I'm gonna be telling bad jokes, and that's about as good as it's gonna get, everyone. Just as an FYI. So if I can do any of, if I can do this, each and every one of you guys, I know for a fact can do this as well. So I'm gonna show you how to raise cash as a pro. But first and foremost, before we dive into it. Um, many of you, you might have um, seen me or maybe have met me in the past. There's a lot of familiar faces I've seen in the, in the, uh, on the webinar here tonight. By all means, jump into the chat box, type in where you're from, type in where, uh, where you reside, type in maybe even where you invest as well. Now, one of the things I want to do first before we do get into this, just do a little quick timeout and a check in, is I want to have a little quick um, thank you. A little quick thank you to Corey. A little quick thank you to Corey and his team and and everyone, especially you, for coming out tonight. Tonight, um, you could be doing something else. You truly could be. You could be out... Um, you know, at a Christmas concert. You could be out, uh, you know, talk to one of the people at the beginning as he was a pilot. He could have been flying across the country. You know, you could have been doing something else, but you chose to make an investment into yourself. You chose to come out here and learn something. You chose to make a commitment to doing the steps, okay? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to 100% honor that commitment by bringing everything I got. I'm going to bring the goods as much as I can, and honest to goodness, I am going to talk so fast that you're going to think that I might actually start combusting if I'm still going so fast that I might just be, woo-wee, it's getting hot in here. When it gets hot in here, what happens? Bombs got dropped, okay? woo Man, we have some fun when we do this kind of stuff. So gang, all right, time out. What did I just do? I had a fun opening. I'm getting, I'm engaging you. I'm enrolling you. You don't have to have webinars that, you know, just sit there and we all look, kind of look at each other. We can have some fun. And when you're presenting an idea and you have an opportunity for an eightplex in Edmonton, that is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Bring some energy. My eyebrows, my eyes pop open, right? I get excited. people buy into your excitement people buy into your enthusiasm my first joint venture partner uh, when i got started i had zero properties to my name basement suite renter with a roommate okay and i had not a property to my name and the person i uh, joint ventured with had i think he bought four properties over the years and i asked him later after the fact i go his name was perry and i said perry how come you joined ventures with me way back when you knew i never bought a property you knew that and he said Rusty goes I saw the passion in your eyes. I saw your willingness to make this work. I saw your, your, your ethic, your, worth, your work ethic. You were putting in the work. You were doing, you were going to Edmonton. You were finding the properties. You were looking at, you were analyzing the deals. I had faith in you and it was 100% my passion and my confidence that really got that first deal done. So if you don't got nothing going for you, bring passion, bring confidence. All right, gang. Okay. So we have a lot. So this is me. This is Russell Westcott. You know, I, I hate when I talk in the third per- person, but really, truly what I do is I help real estate investors start, grow and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Now, what we're going to talk about tonight is building blocks. Raising cash like a pro. Now, here's something is, I wish I had this presentation when I first got started. I am going to really simplify the raising capital process down to you for four steps, Oh, that's it. And that's it. And I coach people that have built billion-dollar portfolios. And when I'm coaching them, I, when it comes down to some of the stuff we're talking about within raising capital, I break it down into these four pillars. Now, obviously, I cannot teach you everything I've learned in 25 years and doing this every single day. I can't teach you everything, but I'm going to give you the best of the best in the time that we have together. Does that sound fair? If that sounds fair, type another yes into the comment box, in the chat box one more time. Yes, let's go. All right. So... Building blocks are fundamentals, like anything. Like Corey was at, uh, with my inner circle group last night and he was teaching the building blocks of some multifamily investing. And it was just, there's just fundamentals. Like fundamentals don't change over time. And what I'm gonna do for you guys is I'm gonna share with you the four fundamentals for raising capital. So now understand that the four blocks are gonna spell out cash, C-A-S-H. Now you wanna know the reason why I, I use acronyms whenever I do a presentation? Does anyone wanna have a little guess on why I use acronyms? Number one is because I can remember it, (laughs) right? That's the number one reason. Number two is an acronym will actually help to drill the point down. And if I came here and I had no presentation slides and things like that, all I would have to remember would be four acronyms and I could deliver an hour keynote without even a slide or a note or anything. All I have to do is deliver based upon acronyms. Okay, so here's the four acronyms. The C in the cash formula stands for creating leads, become the hunted, not the hunter. The A in the formula stands for amplify desire, discover the magic words. And we're going to have a fun tonight. We're going to, I'm going to break down here towards the end. If any of you are um, interested, and if you're brave enough, and you'd maybe like to do a role play with me towards the end of this, by all means... Uh, pay attention. I might uh, tap one of you on the shoulder or more importantly, if you want to volunteer, I'd love to do a role play with you guys at the end with one person. And I'll show you how I have these conversations. I th- I think role playing is one of the best ways to do this kind of stuff. And I'll show you how I have a conversation with somebody about the capital. Okay, so that's number two is amplified Desire. S in the cash formula stands for structuring the deal. Like truly, let's make a deal. How do you structure this deal? And lo and behold, I have an acronym for that. It's a simple, simple formula. And then the S on on this S is structured deal. The H is hustle and close. I want you to become a world-class closer. That's truly one of my goals that I have for you, is for you to become a world-class closer. So, So let's dive into this. So step number one is let's create a lead. Let's become the hunter, not the hunter. Now, I'm going to be talking some things about with you guys with about marketing. Like truly, when it comes down to this, Raising capital is marketing and raising capital is a numbers game. And the more you get interested in how to market yourself, how to promote yourself, and the more you can understand both the art and the science of marketing, the better and more capital you will raise for your business. Okay, so here's a formula I wanna share with you. So here's how I attract. Now, it's very key, the word I use attract, is you attract joint venture partners, you don't pursue them, you attract them, okay? So here's here's my formula, is number one is I first identify who, is my ideal investor. Mm -hmm. Then I take an exercise and I go through and then I discover why they would want to invest. What are their pain points? What are their pleasure? What do they want to gain? What do they want to move away from? Where do they hang out? Where do they hang out? Who do they follow? What are the things that they are interested in? And then what I do is I position myself in the way of my ideal investor avatar. I understand their pain points. I understand where they hang out. And then I put myself in front of them as a solution provider to what they're looking for. So, gang... One thing you want to do is always is just truly one investor at a time is what you want to focus on. Just one person, okay? You can have more than one. I highly recommend no more than three dream investors. But if you've never done the work to identify who your dream investors are, how do you ever have a chance to find them? If you don't even know what you're looking for, how do you know when you find them? How do you know where they hang out? So you have to take the time to articulate who they are. You want to speak. And when I say speak, you can be doing like I'm doing tonight, speaking. You could be the way you type, the way you write, the way you put out your videos or on podcasts you're on. You speak one at a time is what you want to do. And the tighter your definition of your ideal investor avatar is the tighter your precision and the tighter results you'll get. And I encourage you to do an incredible detailed list of what you're doing with your ideal investor avatars. Now, here's just some interesting things. So gang, if you want, um, take a picture of this, by all means. Here's just some things that you want to do. I'm going to, everybody grab your camera, first and foremost, grab your camera, if you will. Grab your camera. And I'm going to give a, and I'm going to tell you when to take your picture. I'm going to give a goofy face. Are you ready? Are you ready? Everyone got the camera? Ready? One, two, three. Okay. Got your picture. There you go. Now, I want you to, to put that out there and tweet that out there or Facebook and wherever you guys are saying, uh, I'm sitting here out with uh, 48 or uh, 20 other sophisticated, savvy real estate investors from across the country learning some of the best of the best strategies on how to become a successful real estate investor right? There's your tweet. There's your your next Facebook post out there. And you got a picture and you're going and somebody's going, what the heck is that details interest? And who the heck is that goofy guy in the corner? Right? So that's what you want to do there. So those are just some of the things you want to ask. Now, for me, whenever I'm um, talking about my ideal investor avatar, I need to get inside their head. There is a terminology in this, um, in this game of marketing, and that marketing is uh, enter the conversation in people's heads. Like, so right now, people are thinking, they're all, all, we're all thinking. Right now, you're thinking about something. You're going, how the heck? I'm out here on Thursday night listening to this goofy guy make a big fool of himself doing stupid poses, taking pictures and blah, blah, you know, all this kind of stuff. You're thinking about something. Everybody has thoughts running through their head. And that's what I want you to do is when you're thinking about your an ideal investor avatar, enter the conversation they're having between their two ears, okay? That's what you wanna do is you wanna get down to the deep down reasons why. What are some of their biggest hopes and dreams? What are some of the things they want to accomplish? More importantly than what their hopes and dreams are, what are their pain points? What are their concerns? What do they want to avoid and run away from? And then the last one is remember, you're a solution provider to pain points and helping build bridges to success for them. Now, this will make more sense as I go along, tell more stories, give more context for this. But truly, the better you understand your ideal investor avatar, the better opportunity you have of getting inside their head, and then the better uh, chance you have of being able to offer a solution to a problem they have have. Okay, so I'm gonna give you one example. Now uh, let me just t- t- take this back a step. I have three investor avatars. Okay, three of them. I'm just gonna give you an example of one of them. One of my probably one of my best. The ones that um and and <laughs> here's a here's an example. I was at a live event and I presented this presentation about ideal investor avatars and I described an idea my ideal investor avatar. And in the crowd that night when I presented it and I presented it to this group of people of teaching them how to do the self, I told them my story and I had two people come from there and go, holy moly, your ideal investor avatar is exactly me. And I go, geez, you mean it worked? Here's my business card. And I've done joint ventures with those people after a six month to, and the other one was a year of us vetting and working each other and, and working together on to make sure we had a right deal for each other. But the tighter your ideal investor avatar, the better you have a chance of attracting them and finding them and putting it out there. Here's who I help. Okay, now I'm going to give you one example. Here's Robert and Rose. Now, why would I ever give them a name? Why would I give them a name of Robert and Rose? And those are, that's a, you know, who is that? Is that Robert and Rose, a real Robert and Rose? No, I found that picture on the internet. They look like a, a couple, a nice couple, right? And, and the question uh, people might ask is, well, where did you get Robert and Rose from? Where are the names from? Well, that's my, uh, two of my kids' middle names. Marcus Robert and Emma Rose, right? So I I can definitely remember those names, right? So here's Robert and Rose. They're a professional couple. They're extremely busy. They're business owners. So they understand how hard it is to operate and run a business. They have three kids. They have late. Their kids are in their late teens, early adults. They live in the lower mainland of Vancouver. And in the lower mainland of Vancouver, housing prices for a townhome is like 800 to a million dollars. And they're sitting there going, how the heck are we ever going to get our kids to move out of our basement? Boom. Wonder how I know those things as stories as well, right? So they're also part of what I call the Oreo generation. And the Oreo generation has some concerns. The Oreo generation is, uh, think about an Oreo cookie, right? If you Oreo cookie, you got the chocolate on one side, the chocolate cookie on one side, the chocolate cookie on the other, and the cream filling in between. The chocolate cookie on one side is aging parents that maybe haven't saved enough for their retirement. And the cookie on the other side is uh, children that you want to be able to help move out on their own and who's the cream filling in between? Robert and rose, okay? So they have concerns. They have concerns about how the heck are we going to help our parents out and how the heck are we gonna help our kids out? So they're in that Oreo cookie generation there. And they they have the means, they have money, they have, you know, they're busy with hockey's and soccer's and, you know, going to Christmas concerts and they're busy with all this kind of stuff. They want to learn how to invest in real estate. They just don't have the time and they also don't have the time to go learn how to do it. Right. If they don't have the time to take a program like you guys are taking right now, they just don't have that time. They value a done-for-you service. They just need the right advice, and for them, Time is ticking. And some of the analogies and languages I use for Robert and Rose would be, you know, gang, the, the runway is getting, isn't getting any isn't longer. The runway is getting a little bit shorter here, right? You have to hurry up and giddy up. I'm no Robert and Rose like the back of my hand. And they would be an ideal investor avatar, okay? So that's just one thing that you really want to do is I have three more of those kind of avatars now where I break it down into painful detail. Now, I was coaching one of my clients, and I was sharing this exercise with them. And they took it the next step. And they say, Wow, we love this. So what they do, and they're a Russian couple out of uh, out of um, Toronto, and they took it and they did a 18 page PowerPoint presentation deck on their ideal investor avatar. And then they were doing the work. And they were just building it all out the kids, the vacation spots everywhere they're going. And you know what, when they were doing that exercise, as they were doing that exercise, they said, Oh, That's exactly like Mikael. That's exactly like Valeri. That's exactly like, you know, Olga, right? So as they were doing the exercise, people came to mind who fit those ideal avatars. And then lo and behold, they went out and approached them and contacted them after. So this isn't just one of those theory things. This is an absolute cornerstone and a fundamental. You have to understand who you're going to work with before you start ever attracting them. All right, so that's number, that's there. So I'm going to talk to you about a, a this is a philosophy. This is maybe this is a strategy. I, I I modeled this off of somebody else. It's called the Key 100, and the Key 100 influencer strategy it goes as follows: is truly right now, gang. You know what? We're living in a time of attention. Attention is a currency. You know whether you like it or not. Um, Attention is a currency. And some of us are going, oh, I hate having attention. You mean I got to make a Facebook video and I got to put YouTubes out? Oh, I don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. Well, here's the thing. Attention is a currency, right? So either you got to get over it or you have to find somebody on your team that can do it. Now, I'll give you an example. Uh, My business partner is one of the best real estate investors I know. Uh, We're partners in crime, we're partners in everything, we have different things, we just, he's my best man, he's my ride or die. If if, if it was at four o'clock in the morning and I said, you know what, I need some help, come on over, I I need some help, he'd be just sitting there going, "I I got the crown royal, I'm coming over right now, right? He's just that kind of a guy. Um, but he would hate to get on to doing something like this. It would be painful. He would much rather take a bullet than having to do something like this, okay? But then that's what I come to that, because I like doing the siskoomba, rah, rah, rah. Get up in front of a group of people, have some fun and just interact and get people really excited. Bring the fire, right? Just keep bringing the fire for everybody. And you know, obviously when fire comes, gang, bombs just keeps happening. One after another after another. I sure hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we jump back to the conclusion, our strategic partners from Streetwise Mortgages are here with another important mortgaging tip. All right, take it away, Dahlia. Hi,
1: I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. Today, I'd like to share something with you that I've been observing on the financing front for quite some time now, and it's concerning and is increasingly concerning in particular in this new environment that we're in. It is called the promissory notes. It's a financing tool that has increased in popularity over the past two to three years. Let me first explain what a promissory note is and why investors and lenders love it. But most importantly, what are some of the things they are not paying enough attention to that exposes them to high degrees of risk, and I've seen them result in catastrophic and devastating losses, including bankruptcies for real estate investors, as well as capital loss for promissory note lenders. So what is a promissory note? As the words imply, a promissory note is a promise to pay. When a lender lends an investor or a borrower money, they set up a legally binding loan agreement that says that the borrower promises to repay to the lender a certain amount of money over a certain time frame. This document typically outlines the loan amount, the terms of the loan, and the repayment terms, Uh, and the costs associated with the arrangement. The agreement is enforceable in court in the case of a default or a disagreement, but you have to resolve it through the court system. For real estate investors, promissory notes is a fast source of funds to access and are less expensive to set up compared to private mortgages. When it comes to private mortgages, for example, agreements are lengthier, uh, lawyers are involved, in both drafting the agreement reviewing the agreement and registering the loan therefore it is more expensive to execute a mortgage agreement than a promissory note in canada and generally in any jurisdiction also investors stop into promissory notes sometimes to finance things they cannot typically finance through traditional financing or mortgage type of financing for example i've seen investors utilize promissory notes to finance renovations for lenders promissory notes come with higher returns i've seen interest in the 18 percent and above range plus lender fees so as you can see the returns are extremely lucrative and while all of these things are great risk for both the investors and the lenders are quite high in my view And when risk is not managed properly, things can blow up. If you are planning on lending on promissory notes, here are the risks that you need to be aware of and some things for you to consider to do your due diligence. Number one, a promissory note is not secured. And even if it's registered against the title of the property owned by the borrower, It is not the same as a private mortgage. If the loan goes into default, you cannot just seize the property and just pull a power of sale. You have to go through the court system where in private mortgages, your loan is secured by the equity in the property. And in case of a default, a private mortgage is secured against that equity. So you can start a power of sale and the loan will get paid based on the private mortgage rank, whether it's in first position, second position or nth position and based on the available equity to pay that mortgage. Number two, some borrowers provide what's called a personal guarantee to the promised note. Here's the thing, this personal guarantee is as good as the piece of paper it is written on. If you as a lender have not validated the personal net worth of the individual providing you with a personal guarantee, do not just ask for a personal guarantee, request a personal net worth statement. Not only that, Validate the information provided on the personal net worth statement like the banks do. You can ask for statements, you can do title searching. You have to validate what's written on the piece of paper. A personal guarantee is as good as the personal net worth. Number three, and here's something that lenders in this space may not be aware of something called the limitations act 2002 in Ontario this act affects a notes enforceability in court and because of the limitations act a borrower has no obligation to repay a loan under a promissory note in Ontario after a certain amount of time has passed a lender has two years to collect repayment or commence legal action for repayment after the maturity date or of the loan or after the date where the lender demanded repayment. So after two years, the agreement is unenforceable. Number four, and lastly, the risk of a promissory note is not capped while well, the risk of a private mortgage is capped, uh, if especially if that mortgage is structured correctly. For real estate investors who are using promissory notes, I get why you would use this type of money. I am an investor myself and there is absolutely nothing wrong with finding sources of capital to grow your real estate empire. All I'm asking you to pay a close attention to, especially right now, is risk management. At any point in time, how much of this money are you taking? If you're running your business using very expensive money and a lot of it at any point in time, be mindful of the potential harm of high and expensive leverage, especially in this real estate environment that we're in, where values are shifting and mortgage qualification for traditional mortgages is becoming tougher. Sadly, I have seen entire investment portfolios collapse due to the excessive use of this type of money. So please be careful. Whether you're a lender or an investor, risk management is foundational to success, to growth, and to peace of mind. At Streetwise Mortgages, we are big on risk management and protecting your best interest whether you are borrowing money or you're lending money. Tap into our lending expertise for a second opinion or to navigate the current challenging environment or find solutions for issues that you're experiencing right now as of the changing environment or to unlock your money possibility. Email us at info@streetwisemortgages.com. At so here's
0: something, and here's an early mentor of mine once told me this, or once asked me this question, and he framed it as, are, are you guilty, Russ? And I go, guilty? What, what did I do now? What the heck? And he goes, he, goes, he goes, Russ, if I was going to arrest you or convict you for being a real estate investor, what evidence would I find on you? Like, think about that for a second. Like, think how deep that question is. If I pulled up any one of you that are on this webinar here tonight and I pulled up your social media channels and I pulled up all the stuff you're putting on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTubes and all that kind of stuff, would I have a closed case on your evidence that you're a real estate investor or would I have to really hunt and peck and find and it would take me a half an hour to find out if you're a real estate investor? Like, like, think about that for a second. Ask that self, that question of you is, if you were to be convicted of being a real estate investor, what evidence would people have on you, all right? So that's just a couple things to just think about. So here's one of the things I want you also to do now from here, is once you've identified who your ideal investor avatars are, you make a plan and you identify what I call the key 100 influencers, the key 100 influencers are people that control the attention of each of your ideal investor avatars. Then you be of service to that group of people. Then what you do is you brainstorm out um, ideas. How do you approach these key influencers? How do you reach out to them? How do you be able to um, get in front of their audiences? Now, I'll give you an example. Okay, so which example do I want to share? Let's, let's share this one. Um, one that's relevant to you guys. Okay, so I'm gonna, and I'm gonna share one of my stories. Maybe I'll do one of mine down the road, but this is a, a person who both Corey and I know very well. His ideal investor avatars are veterinarians. Okay, um, why is veterinarians? Is because he was once one himself and he's now a retired veterinarian. Okay, he understands them. He then um, still goes to all the veterinarian conferences, he still goes, even though he's not a practicing veterinarian anymore. He hosts a veter- a podcast for veterinarians, right? Financial advice, helping veterinarians with their practice with a partner of his out of Calgary. He's not even a practicing veterinarian anymore, okay? And what he's doing by doing all this, he attracts veterinarians to him. And lo and behold, one of the things he knows about veterinarians is he knows them very well. And this is some of the work we did together to really hone in on this: is they have something is called um, a decision fatigue. In that Meaning they care so much about the animals and they care so much and they have to keep making decisions that they slowly get burnt out. And the burnout rate of doctors, dentists, professionals, veterinarians is very, very high. And most veterinarians want to instead of work and they get in, they get into the business because they love the animals. Okay. And then they slowly realize that they're in the business seven days a week. Okay, and then they start hating the animals after that. So he comes with a plan on how to use real estate to eventually get them from seven days a week down to five days a week down to four days a week to then eventually be the business owner and eventually only become a veterinarian and go in when you want be the business owner on that and he shows them how real estate can help be a bridge for that. Now, do you see how he understands his ideal investor avatar? And then he gets in front of all the key influencers in the veterinarian space and will make a plan to attract and get in front of those key influencers that influence the attention of the veterinarians. Okay, so those are just a couple examples uh, for you as well. So just keep making that, making that plan. So remember, gang, in the cash formula— C stand for create a lead. Okay, that was the C. Now the A stands for amplify desire. Now it's a fancy word to show, to really talk about is qualification. What you want to do is once you've got somebody who's identified that they're a lead, you want to start amplifying their desire. You want to start getting them excited. You want to start more importantly than getting them excited, you want to qualify them to see if they're an ideal investor for you. So the T And the tried and true formula stands for temperature. One of the things that I want to quickly identify when I'm identifying a, um, a lead, when somebody comes through and they've said, I'm interested and maybe I like what you're putting out. I'd like to talk more about it. I want to identify their, their temperature. Are they a hot, warm, or cold lead? That's the first thing I want to do is I will literally on my spreadsheet. And what I will tell people to do is start with a simple, simple spreadsheet is identify. Uh, the column is either red, green, or yellow. Okay. Green is go. Yellow is hold. Red is stop. Hot, warm, cold. Green, yellow, red. Okay. And I will identify them. And some of you going, well, wow, geez, a, a, a spreadsheet. Why would you ever do that? Someone once told me, a good friend of ours, and I don't know if you've, if Corey, if you've had Thomas Bayer or not on here, but Thomas Bayer, when he first started, he literally for seven years, uh, his only way of his, his investor database was an Excel-based spreadsheet. That was it. And then what he just did was he committed to just keep contacting the people on that Excel-based spreadsheet. And for seven years, he just built out that spreadsheet and he just kept regularly contacting them for seven years. And Thomas has done very well for himself. I think he peaked out at 2,200 units over the years and things like that. And, And I think, Corey, he was one of your first joint venture partners, wasn't he? Yeah, actually, Russell, that's how I got into uh, multifamily. I invested with him in a JV. He kind of took me under his wing. Yeah, and he's been he's been great to learn from. You know, I ran into problems with one of my JVs two years ago, and I re- I reached out to him for help. You know, and he gave me some good advice, so yep. I was always learning. And uh, I did a podcast with him recently, but I haven't had him on this show yet. Oh well, there but you go. Here's your next your next person coming up. <laughs> but he did a wonderful. <laughs> he shared. He shared. He literally had. Nothing fancy other than an Excel-based spreadsheet and checked off when he contacted them. And that was it. that was truly uh, his entire model. So the first is the T in the tried and true formula yeah. is that you want to identify their temperature. The next thing you want to find out is only work with people that raise their hand. Only the people that have expressed an interest will I ever take the time to go and show them anything more. Now, here, here's one of the biggest mistakes you will see. Here's a big, big mistake. Uh, most rookie people do this, okay? And you will see this tomorrow when you jump onto uh, into a Facebook group tomorrow. People posting out there, I've got this wonderful deal, uh, you know, guaranteed returns, uh, This, all this, and they just, all this tech, uh, just that, hang on a second, that's a technical term, by the way. Um, all this blah, 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 all this information of things like that. And who's interested in this? And then somebody say, I'm interested. And then what they do is they fire off a pro forma to them. What a silly, silly way. That is just such a you wasted everybody's time. Everybody's time. They have not raised their hand. All they said was, Oh, geez, that's interested. I would don't want to waste people's time. I want to first qualify them. OK? So it's one thing to go out and, and do, the, do the following is: Holy macaroni, Here we grow again. I am so blown away by my team. We stayed up to the 11th hour, six weeks of hard work. We pulled out all the stops. Our financing team, thank this person and our inspection team, thank this person, thank this. Man, we just closed on another 20-unit building. Whoo, I'm tired. I'm going to have a little break here. I'll see you guys in a couple days. That is how you generate a lead. And then people come back, oh, that's awesome, awesome. Tell me more. And then I would, last thing I would do is send them off a a pro forma. I'd say, no problem. Here's a link, click on this link. Here's a questionnaire, fill this in, book a time and let's have a conversation. That's the professional way of doing it. Not the way most people are doing it out there that you will see. Okay, so they have to raise their hand before I will ever lift a finger. Oh, hang on. Quote that one out, right? Quote that one. I, I like that one, right? They got to raise their hand before I ever lift a finger. Okay, so that's the the second part. The part next part after that is I want to identify readiness. I want to identify if they're ready right now. So remember they've uh, expressed an interest, they've raised their hand, I probably have had a conversation and I want to find out if they're ready to go right now. Most people are not. I'm just telling you this right off the bat. However, there are a certain select group of people that are ready right away. Now, I'm going to share a... A graphic story here for a second. Not too graphic, but a fun graphic to illustrate a point. And this was brought to me by my, one of my early mentors in the marketing world, Mr. Dan Kennedy. And he, t- he coined this term called the, the porcupine in heat syndrome. And I'm just going, OK, damn, time out. What the hell is a porcupine in heat syndrome here? He goes, he goes. what you want to identify is when the porcupines are in heat. Now, And I said, OK, you need to give more information. He goes, OK, now I might get some of the, techno- the, the terms and the dates a little bit wrong. But a porcupine, a female porcupine is only in heat to be able to mate um, about eight, hours a year or so like I could be wrong on the time but it is such a short window of time that all the male porcupines In or if you want to keep the species going you better identify when the female porcupine's in heat in order to mate so you got to identify the readiness sometimes people when they have somebody who is ready to invest will talk themselves out and stuff like that like send them a deal then if they're really ready right now move forward I'm not saying mate with your joint venture partners, but show them a deal close quickly in some cases, right? But here's the thing, very rare that will happen, like I'm talking 95% of the time, most people fall in the encourage and nurture camp, where you have to encourage people, you have to educate, you have to nurture them along and bring them up to the promised land for them to become an investment partner for you. And then after you've done that, then what you do at that time is you book a discovery session with them. And discovery session is just one big, giant, fancy term for they will jump onto your website, they will fill out a form of information, and they will book a time in your calendar for you to have an appointment. I will not pick up a, f- a phone and contact a person until I know exactly what some of their pain points are, what they're looking to accomplish, some of the capital that they have to invest. Are they looking for education, coaching, or are they looking for investable opportunities? I have that on my for- on my webpage very quickly. I-, I identify very quickly when I before I have a conversation with somebody. And then they have to make a time in my calendar, okay? So that's the discovery session formula at that. Okay, now, so here's what I'm going to share with everybody here. um, And I'm just going to put this out now, Corey, and I'm only going to do this if this works for you. But if anybody is interested in doing a role play with me after, um, I would be honored to have that conversation. So just bookmark that if anybody's interested in doing that, and I'll only do it if we have time at the end as well. Okay, so now remember, so part one of the cash formula was create a lead. The A of the cash formula was amplify desire, fancy word for qualify. Now, let's say we've generated a lead, we've qualified, and somebody is interested, okay? Now, I want to structure a deal. I don't structure deals and I send deals to people. I never ever send deals to people before I know that they would probably nine times out of 10 invest with me. I don't want to waste their time. And more importantly, I don't want to waste mine. I have a inventory of deals right now. If somebody came to me, part of my process, I would very screen you very carefully. I would make sure that you fit the criteria. I make sure I can help you. And I guarantee within 48 hours, I can probably send you an investable opportunity. I can almost guarantee it because I know I have investable opportunities sitting on my shelf right now. And if I don't, I have one that I have done to qualify somebody. And within a phone call to my to my trusty realtor in Edmonton, his comment to me always is, uh, okay, when I say to him, Jay, I've got a partner, we're lined up, we're ready to invest in another property. His comment to me is, how many and how soon? That's his comment. Is not, well... The market's kind of tight out there right now. Don't know if I can find you a deal. Let me set you up on an MLS search. No, how many and how soon is his comment? Because he has more deals on his fingertip than I have, okay? So now we're gonna talk about structuring the deals. Now, I'm gonna share with you a very, very simple four step process of structuring any deal. All four of these steps start with the letter M. That's why I call it the 4M Win-Win Deal Structuring. Now, here's what each of those four things stand for. So the first M in the 4M model is money, okay? Who's bringing the money to the transaction. Okay. Money being down payment, money being closing costs, money being renovation funds, money being um, lines of credit that they're going to borrow, borrow against. Who's bringing the money? That's the first M that I always wanted to just, and I will sit there literally with a pad of paper and I will say, okay, first M, money, who's bringing the money? And then I will identify who's bringing the money. Okay. The next M in the formula stands for mortgage, fancy term for who's debt financing, who's signing their names on the debt instruments, who's putting uh, the application in for financing, who's qualifying for mortgages, okay? Um, it's funny, I just had a conversation with one of my coaching clients the other day, and they were sitting there going to go, yeah, you know, financing and stuff like that. And I go, yeah, I, you know, I, I buy four to six properties a year, like just every couple of months, I'll buy a property with uh, like clockwork, And uh, the person says, well, when was the last time you, uh, you know, who did you use last? And I said, I have some wonderful financing people. And I'm sitting there and I was going, I think the last time I applied for mortgage was six or seven years ago, at least. I don't qualify for financing anymore. I have partners that do that. And maybe I've 25 years of doing this. I've earned the chops to be able to do this. But it's 100% possible that you can have people that will qualify for the debt for you. And then I have the people, they will go out and they will qualify for part of the deal there as well. So that's the M is who's qualifying for the debt, who's qualifying for the mortgage. The third M, remember the first one was money, second one is mortgage, third one is management. Now I'm not just talking property management, I'm talking talking operations management, the day-to-day operations of the deal. Who is the day-to-day operator? Who's taking care of all the details of the operations of the, the thing? And then the, last M and this is who's the master? Who is the real estate expert? Now, I'm on a little bit of a crusade here a little bit. Um, I see this all the time. Um, people talk about the capital partners and the working partners or the capital partners and uh, the real estate partners or whatever. Gang, I want you to get out, out of your vocabulary, the working partner. I want you to get that out of your head. I want, I want you, you are the expert partner right? You're not the working partner, even though you might be doing all the work. You're not a worker. You're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. You're the expert partner. You have capital partners and an expert partner. Now, here's the thing. High net net worth individuals, do they want to work with a working partner or do they want to work with an expert partner? So, gang, if any of you start using the term, I'm the working partner of this deal, get it out of your vocabulary right now, okay? And hang on, I want a little bit of a Wake up call here for you, okay, gang? So just get that out of your vocabulary right, right now. You are expert partners, not working partners. Okay, now here's the cool thing, gang. On that formula, let me just back up here a second.
1: Uh, Let me go there. Here's
0: the slide I want. That formula, all four of those M's, the money, the mortgage, the management, and the mastery, have to add up to 100%. Okay, gang, that is what you need to do. So when I'm structuring my deals, that is what I, how I work my deals out is those things all have to add up to 100%. So for example, let's say if somebody brings the mortgage and the down payment money to the deal, um, maybe I identify that those two things are worth uh, 60% of the deal. Okay. And the management and the uh, mastery is worth 40% of the deal. Okay. Or maybe if I'm doing a big giant burr project, like Corey shared with our group last night, a couple projects that he's doing, which are heavy, heavy, intensive management process, the whole management of the burr process, the expertise, I would, I would suggest the 60-40 might be the other way around, if you will. Okay. So, By all means, gang, so that's what you want to just do is those four things. Now, here's the thing I want to share with you. That right then and there alone about the 4M formula for structuring deals um, could be a four-hour presentation in and of itself. But I just want to give you the framework. And I, to this day, when I'm structuring with a money partner, I will ask the question, who's bringing the money? Who's bringing the mortgage? Who's qualifying for the debt? Who's doing the day-to-day operation? And who's the expert in the deal? Who's the master? Okay. So I will do those all the time. Now, the last thing I want to dive into here is we're going to talk about how do you hustle and how do you close? How do you become a world class closer, gang? That's what we're we're looking to do here. Is we want to become a world class closer. Okay. Um, so first part of the world being a world class closer is you want to have a letter of intent. So I've you know, think about this in part of the process. Remember, I generated a lead. The person raised their hand said, maybe I'm interested. And then you had multiple conversations. They filled out a form on your website. You qualified them. It looked fantastic. You did all your checks and balances. They checked you out. You checked them out. You had multiple meetings. Maybe six months have gone by. You've been to their house. You know the kids. You have documented on your database who the who their spouses are, who their kids' names are, the dogs, where they live. You have all this detailed information about the person that you document in, in your database. Now, why do I want to have that documented? into my database because i want to be able to tell that i know these people right and if the security commission ever comes a knocking on my door i got an entire database of information about these people and i can use the exemption of these are our close friends and business relationship oh by the way did you know that their anniversary they were married in in maui on mokapu beach did you know that they were this that and the other and i know all these things i was actually been at their house Right. So that's just one way to protect yourself is that exemption there uh, as well. Okay. So that's the first thing is you want to then get a letter of intent signed with the person. And then after the letter of intent process is you then would get an agreement in place. And then after that, you would get a good lawyer to be able to close a lot of the details. Now, no, I know gang, I went through a lot of this extremely fast. And I, I took you through four fundamentals and four building blocks in a very compressed time frame. Like honest to goodness, sometimes people after seeing this, they're sitting there going, Oh Russ, man, you're we're drinking, we're drinking from a fire hose, right? I always use this picture that we're drinking from a fire hose with there as well. And sometimes when I get cranking, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you need a fire hose to put out all the fire. Hang on, I need a drink. It's getting hot in here. We know what happens after the fire comes. All right. Okay, gang. So um, I literally could go for another six hours, but I'm not going to because I, I think I've dumped a lot of fire water, a uh, little uh, water on you here tonight. Um, one thing I'm going to do is if any of you are interested in more, if you're interested in maybe diving a little deeper, um, what am I at? and 40 episodes on my podcast now. So if any of you are podcast listeners, I would highly recommend you check out my podcast. If you're Spotify or Apple, by all means check that out. Um I I often joke that I have a I have a face for podcasting. Now, now just hang on a sec here, gang. Um, what do you think I'm doing tonight? in one respect. What do you think I'm doing here in this on this webinar? I'm delivering a lot of amazing content. I just, in my opinion, I just recorded a podcast here tonight in 40 minutes or something. I'm recording it from my end, two sources as well, and it's going to probably come out with my podcast down the road, or it's going to also come out my YouTube. I am creating content every single day, and I did a case study for my inner circle clients where I did a, a video and an interview with a, an, an expert expert, and this was in March, March. Um, it was one hour and 20 minute interview. And from that one, one hour and 20 minute interview, I broke it into 29 pieces of content across many different channels. And I just pulled the stats up uh, last week when I did this case study. It now has over 6,000 downloads on it. And one of them, one of the parts of that thing was talking about why Edmonton is a wonderful place to invest. And lo and behold, Edmonton's my market, lo and behold. So I found an industry expert to interview to tell me, which I already know why Edmonton's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He then told me, somebody else who's an inter, uh, an economist, told me that why Edmonton's a fantastic place. I use that and I pump that out on my social network. And if you go onto YouTube right now, if you go in there, and um, if you type, go into like an incognito mode in YouTube on Google on Chrome, and if you go into YouTube and you type in Edmonton Real Estate Investing or Edmonton Real Estate Investments, I have six of the top 15 videos out there on that because I'm creating content all the time. And that's what I just do is that's literally a full-time job for me is to create content, to generate leads, to qualify people, to make offers, to hustle and close. That is my entire business model if you really think about it, okay? So that's, uh, if you're interested there, that is my uh, podcast, jump out there. And if some of you are interested in maybe a video, go check out uh, the YouTubes. I'm ha- I have a wonderful time creating uh, videos for, for, um, for this as well. And if you actually think about it, one of the things I do is I actually multi-purpose a lot of stuff. I create a podcast, which then turns into a video, which then I break it up into a whole bunch of different pieces at this time as well. And, uh, one of the people I'm going to be interviewing very shortly here is going to be Corey. Corey, I, I sent you a link today to book a time on my podcast. Right. And, uh, those are kind of things. So it truly is, I'm a real estate investor first and foremost. Some of you always sit there and go, well, Russ, you're a coach and you're an author and stuff. No, I'm a real estate investor, right? That's what I do. Most everything I do revolves around my real estate investing business. And I just, lo and behold, have you know 25 years of experience that I just want to help people keep moving forward. And I believe, and, and here's this a core philosophy that I have. As I've been blessed by so many amazing mentors. I have stood on some of the largest shoulders of the largest giants in the industry, and I have learned from some of the best of the best. Because I've been blessed, It is now my opportunity, my obligation to be a blessing to others. And that is what I'm here to do, is I'm here to pay forward all this information and all these details and all these things that I have learned. I'm here to help each and every one of you. So what was your key takeaway from today's, from this episode? What was your key takeaway? Did did maybe I... Maybe you heard a concept that you've heard before. Maybe it landed differently for, for you this time. Maybe you now are at a different place in your growth curve that maybe you heard something and you've heard it 10 times before and finally it's stuck. And finally it, um, you're going to do something with it. Because here's the th- here's the thing, gang. You can sit there and you can spend an hour and you can invest an hour of your time into listening to uh, a training uh podcast like this. And you can do nothing with it, then you might as well not even listen to it. Or you can actually take something, something that you heard, something that you learn, and implement it. Maybe what you do is you share this out with somebody. Here's something that I just recently heard. Here's something that I just recently learned. Now, here's what I'm going to do is you're then going to put your own voice on it, your own spin on it, and you now have a piece of content. Content creation is king. Those who create the most pieces of content will have leads. Those who create the most pieces of good, inspiring content will always have a pool of investors coming to them. Okay, gang? Um... I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, I've got a lot of things on the go here right now uh, and and i'm I'm gonna i to dive into a project that I'm working on right now. We're just we just landed I think I mentioned this before. Um, we were writing offers last trip out to Edmonton looking at some properties, wrote some offers. Um, conditions have now been removed, uh, moving forward to closing on the place and there's an, an a very exciting infill development upcoming and I'll save that for another day, but suffice it to say. It's going to be a fun one, and I'm looking forward to rolling the sleeves up and diving headfirst into it. And if you guys are interested in, you know, taking a look at a project or two, um, I'm getting in my um – getting my buying hat back on in a big way because there's some really big opportunities ahead. And you know what? I I really want to start getting aggressive. 2023 is all about being aggressive. 2023 is all about that discipline. 2023 is about acquisitions mode again. And if you want to be part of it, hit me up. Let me know. Love to help you. I love to be alongside you on this journey to help you succeed as well. Okay, gang, we'll leave it there for today. Remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always, always, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast.